My name is Javier Colon. Welcome to The In-Between. Today, I'm talking to Jen Faye to talk about her film titled Balls. Hey, Jen. Hello, Javi. How, How are you? How you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Uh, it's very nice to be able to talk to you. It's nice to be here. I am excited to talk about this piece that I actually know pretty well because we were in the same uh, thesis class last year. So, all right. So first of all, just quick introductions. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah. So like Javi said, I'm Jen. I am a senior in the computer art department and my focus is pretty much compositing and I also do some motion graphics. Uh, how did you find yourself at SVA? Yeah, that was a... That was a journey. So when I was first going to college, well, really back in high school, I really liked math and I liked art. And me being my 17 year old self, I was like, yeah, math business seems pretty practical. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know what to do in art. So let's go that route. So I did my first two years of college in business back um, on Western Long Island. And then while I was there, I was doing a digital art minor, realized that I really just needed to fully go in for that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I landed at SVA, started in the 2D department, realized I honestly, I, <laughs> all of my knowledge of like this, in, this industry was just ongoing. So mm -hmm. I did Maya classes and After Effects classes at my old college and that's the department I thought I was going into. So when I went into the 2D department, I was like, oh, let me just let me just learn <laughs> the, the art of my ancestors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone told me, I was like, what are we getting to the 3D Maya work? And they're like, no, Jen, that's a different department. So <laughs> after the first year of doing 2D, I was like, well, maybe it was meant to be that I landed here and it was definitely not meant to be for me mm -hmm. to be in that department. So... Yeah, I ended up switching to the computer art department, super happy that I did. And then I ended up in VFX because I really liked the Nuke, like that Nuke VFX workflow better than mm -hmm. Maya. Yeah, I think it actually kind of caters to your math brain a little bit. So mm -hmm. that works really nicely. Awesome. So you've had a very, very, I don't want to say bumpy, but you've had a very like <laughs> unsteady journey to this department. But Definitely. you are you are where you're meant to be. And I think that's really cool. Um, and it's so funny that you took like After Effects in 3D and then you ended up with uh, with a program like Nuke, you know, so. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not where I thought I was going to land. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing about this department. You never know what's going to happen next. So mm -hmm. and speaking of what's happening next, how about you tell me a little bit about your film? What is your thesis called and what is it about? Good question, Javi. Um, <laughs> like you mentioned before, my film is called Balls. It's about a pretentious man that's practicing for a billiard tournament, but the balls don't cooperate. So if you've ever seen Robin Williams's Flubber, it's pretty similar to that type of playfulness. And the balls hit a bunch of, well, the ball hits a bunch of things and it's kind of gets a little wild. So it has that same energy. Doing the CG and integrating it into live action. 
filmed in August and just been working on Pluto ever since. So yeah, you were you were definitely one of the people who was really ahead of the game when it came to filming and when it came to uh, compositing and VFX. So that's really cool. Um, but I'm curious because you mentioned Robin Williams's flubber as an inspiration uh, or like a kind of a reference, but where did this idea kind of stem from? Like, where did it start? That's a really good question. So I had to come up with a few ideas in the early fall semester, junior year. And so it was like, all right, come up with a few ideas. So my first idea was it was, People were on a beach and they were tourists and it was they found this treasure thing, but it was haunted. I don't know. It was supposed to be a horror film. <laughs> and then another one was supposed to be a comedy, but it was supposed to be that like this person's getting ready for their like doing their morning routine and this invisible person keeps messing with them. And then it turns out someone was just as after that, they had this Invisible Man horror film come out. So I was like, all right, good thing I did go with that. <laughs> so this was my third idea. I was stressed out because I had to come up with another idea. But I was in my uh, lighting and rendering class. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about shaders. And someone was like, oh, you could, this could kind of be like a cue ball. And I was like, a cue ball, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought of this whole like sequence of this ball going in the pocket but then it was kind of like this large like like you know how monsters inc has all those doors and it's like a huge yeah yeah like this huge cavalcade of doors yeah Yeah. so instead of it being like a normal inside of a table it was like this huge thing so i was like all right maybe i'm not going to go that route but i can definitely work off of that like billiards idea yeah totally yeah, and then it started off as like this sentimental piece. It was like part sentimental, part comedy. And then it was sort of confusing because like, all right, are you trying to be heartfelt or are you trying to do comedy? And then we just mm-hmm. fully went for comedy. You just went all in on comedy. Went all in. There we go. <laughs> I love this like journey between horror and then comedy, then sentimental, then back to comedy. Like it seems like you found your uh, you found your roots, which is great. Mm-hmm. I was wondering about this piece because obviously the story is a lot of fun. And I remember very distinctly, like it's kind of journey throughout everything and the characters being developed and through line of the entire piece. And I imagine that there's a lot of fun in writing it, but I was wondering if you had any particular aspects of the piece that you really, really enjoyed doing. Like, was it filming? Was it casting? Like, what was your favorite aspect of working on this piece so far? I think it's just at face value, the amount that I'm learning from this whole process. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea what the process was for filming. And so I had to talk to a bunch of different people. They were telling me the different paperwork I needed, what I needed on set. Whoa, this is a whole different ballpark. Mm-hmm. And then not even just filming, it was all of the post work and processing my footage properly and having everything organized so that everything was just in a good workflow. Mm-hmm. So I think face value, just the amount I'm learning. It's like an overall arching, like I'm glad that this is happening, but yep. if it's a specific part that I've enjoyed, honestly, I think it honestly, was pretty fun. It was pretty fun watching um, the actors because mm. 
a lot like um stan he's the main character so a lot of his actions are very exaggerated so because it's my first time on set i would forget to call cut and so he just kept going with these grunts and they were so <laughs> exaggerated and so gross and i was like why is he still going i was like oh wait i gotta, I gotta stop <laughs> but it was fun it was good that's awesome so you literally like snowballed into the complete like director on set production position like pretty quickly how did you adapt to that new role like because you said that you're, you're learning a lot and I think that's really cool that you're getting a lot of resources so how are you adapting to this like kind of person that needs to be the boss right yeah I think with any project you have your things that need to get done with that, I was honestly, I had no idea what needs to get done. And when I sat down with at least the first person for filming, I was like, all right, you've, you've done most of this before. What do I need to get done? Like if I don't have an assistant director, what, what typically would have been their job and what, what do I need to get done? That would have been that paperwork. It was pretty much just finding people to give me the knowledge to then just do it <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> but yeah it was just that outlining what needs to get done and just get her done <laughs> <laughs> just get her done yeah what would you say was one of the most important things that you've learned so far in this process i think a couple of the most important things that i have learned has definitely been processing my footage and working with it properly and mm. just working with the the pipeline properly because before say you have a miocene and you have your random assets and if you're trying to do anything with it outside of maya or anything that's a larger scale project once your files start to get super disorganized then you're really not <laughs> getting anywhere <laughs> yeah so definitely file organization yeah just the whole pipeline mm -hmm. because we're starting I mean, I decided I wanted to do something as simple as working with the sphere because I wasn't too fond of Maya. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't a uh, savant in Maya. So um, I wanted to definitely take it from, all right, we have the idea. We take the footage. All right, what do we do with the footage? How do we work with the whole, as basic as a sphere, how do we work with it to mm -hmm. get it to the quote unquote modeling texturing like working through it through the whole right. pipeline you don't have to worry about any kind of like complicated uvs or anything like that it's just it literally is just a spear being composited into the shot yeah so i definitely wanted to work with it within the whole pipeline to kind of just tote like dip my toes into the different mm -hmm. parts so i'm like oh okay so this is where it would be going it's very interesting because a lot of people are kind of really learning and really adapting to that production pipeline kind of workflow and how to properly assimilate themselves in that workflow. And I think for you in particular, taking on this film, because this is a solo project, right? A solo mm -hmm. composited, filmed, edited, VFX, heavy, all that kind of stuff. It's all kind of coming together into this one really big, like, not task, but like output for you, which is really cool because, you know, not a lot of people, a lot of people would shy away from something that is so uh, grand, you know, but you kind of like take it head on you take it one step at a time. And I think that's really good 
way to break it down, you know, to really make the thesis manageable. Obviously, you're learning a lot of things and there's a lot of stuff going on. And usually with these kinds of things, you know, like there's always like Murphy's Law, right? Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So uh, what would you say was your worst moment in thesis thus far? Maybe a time that you felt like it couldn't be done or something wasn't working correctly or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I have... So I tried to at least touch most of my shots within the first semester to kind of see what I was working with and mm-hmm. what shots, what types of things would be easier to deal with than others. Some of the difficulty that I've had thus far is doing some of the lineups because my billiard table was so strange and mm-hmm. there was like no good way to line it up. So I had to avoid doing a couple of shots that had that billiard angle. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, let's touch this this glass fracturing simulation. I was like, oh no, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually today started um, back on my Houdini Udemy course. Mm -hmm. Because I have like, I have to at least grind that. Yeah, you have to know what you're doing for there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think most of my shots have been block animated. But yeah, it's really going to be that, that simulation. Getting it, not only that simulation, but the other shots, since most of them have been block animated, getting it in a way where or just figuring out some sort of efficient way for the lighting to stay consistent and then compositing it. Yeah, definitely Houdini is very tricky, especially for somebody who's never uh, or has barely touched it, you know, just speaking from experience with Houdini. It just has a really, really steep learning curve. But I think that that's really cool that you're mitigating that gap by taking the courses. And I think that's that's awesome. I made my cheese. I've made rocks and I spread them. They were like, all right, now you can make a rock. And I was like, wait, I can take the print. I was doing this uh, Houdini course and I was like, this program is so powerful and all I've made is a cheese. And I see the potential of this program. I'm like, this is this is too much power for my, my myself. <laughs> well, you can, do this, uh, you can make the cheese and then you can make the rocks and spread them out and then replace the rock model with the cheese. It's so crazy. It's, it's so, so crazy. It's really, really cool. And that's so funny that you guys started with cheese. Like when I was doing Houdini, we never really started with cheese. We kind of started with a solar system, I think it was, which is funny because that's how we started uh, in Python too. So, yeah, very cool. Cheese sounds a lot tastier though. Sounds like a lot more fun. Oh yeah, it was like, okay, we're going to bully in it. I was like, oh yeah, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So uh, we kind of touched on the more darker side of the moon when it came to thesis, but now I kind of want to go to the bright side. What would you say was your best moment in thesis thus far? I think probably my best part of thesis thus far is having everyone in Discord. (laughs) (laughs) It's been been everyone also working on things and grinding Mm. at the same time. So even though we're in this pandemic situation and we can't go into a computer lab and grind next to each other. We grind next to each other in spirit. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool that we can share the screen too, but it's probably been the best part. Yeah, Discord is really an awesome resource for anybody who is an underclassman and they don't have a Discord channel for their class yet. I think you and I can both speak to this, that this is very important. And I think it would be very valuable if you guys were to start a Discord, so... Yeah, I definitely think more people should get on Discord. So I hope that the people that aren't in our Discord servers or in 
like not popping into the voice chats in the senior one mm-hmm. to at least be in their own discord servers because it just makes work so much less lonely <laughs> yeah absolutely you can get um you can get pretty lonely like kind of just hunkering down and doing a shot for like four or five hours at a time you know having people around is is great so of course besides being able to be next to people in the labs has the pandemic affected your workflow for thesis because i know that you completed a lot of your filming like kind of in the early stages of the pandemic yeah i mean my ultimate goal was to do filming earlier in the summer and in late spring Mm -hmm. so it was bittersweet in a way because then i would have the footage earlier but honestly i don't think i would have processed the footage properly until i got back so Mm -hmm. I'm sort of glad that I had to wait to do the filming till at least towards the end of the summer, because then I was able to collect more things for filming, learn more information. Right. But yeah, other than that, I think, I don't really think my workflow has changed too much. Honestly, I think if the pandemic wasn't existent, I'd be running around a lot more because I would be running between the labs and the radio station and back in the dorm and then just like running around. And right. now I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to sit at my desk. I mean, now I'm not really getting much exercise, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a give and take, right? You get to, you get to take a rest every so often, you know, you don't have to travel between locations, but at the same time, you know, you just kind of feel like a little lazy, little lazy person. Yeah. And then like, I, Say I get up, like, all right, well, no one's seeing me, so it takes me hours to at least put clothes on. And then, <laughs> yeah, say it's winter now, and I've finally put shorts on just to at least get up and put clothes on. Now I'm like, do I really want to change and put more clothes on when I could just <laughs> be in here and just do my work and just call it? That's usually what happens, which is pretty bad. But I think I'm going to reward myself <laughs> trying to get some like coffee. Yeah, (laughs) totally. It kind of forces you to get dressed if you're going to go get coffee. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) I know that uh, for me personally, like I have to walk my dog every morning and that just forces me to get dressed. You know, otherwise I'd stay in my 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 jammies all day. Are there any tips that you have uh, for anybody who has trouble focusing? Like, what do you do to keep yourself uh, accountable and to meet your deadlines? I think in terms of focusing take breaks. Mm. So if you if you find yourself not focusing, so for example, earlier, I was watching my Houdini tutorials, and I was starting to doze off. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to set a 20 minute timer, I'm going to either take a nap, mm-hmm. or I ended up doing just a 20 minute Shit's Creek episode. Nice. But once you start seeing yourself derail, maybe try and find something small that you like to do. So find a 20 minute show or take a walk or do something of that nature and then come back to it. Or when you do come back, if you're unmotivated, then try and start off with, I think I went to the seminar and Christina Farage said, someone asked, how do you stay motivated? She's like, I don't, I'm determined. So she, so she said, which I have found to be really good advice was if you're not motivated, try and force yourself to do something small because then a, you're you will just end up starting to to do something larger Mm, because mm. you just started off with something super easy super small now you're motivated right which definitely has helped me yeah just starting off with something small (laughs) and i think especially in your case um because you're taking on so much work and you have so many shots and 
it's great to hear how you kind of manage all that. So very a lot cool. of calendars, a lot of calendars, <laughs> a lot of calendars, <laughs> a lot of spreadsheets and starting off with something small, which I think honestly, last semester, I just kept doing smaller things and smaller things and smaller things. <laughs> so yeah. now I have to do the simulations and the other things. And I, just, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to start with something here. So I get motivated. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, the the simulations can definitely be daunting for sure. Yeah. What would you tell yourself, your freshman self, I should say, about SVA? I I mean, I tried to do this freshman year and be like, all right, what would I try and tell myself senior year? Mm-hmm. And most of, the, most of the time, I usually tell myself to like, get involved. Mm-hmm. I think my mindset is always like, I pay X amount of dollars and I only really get out of it what I put in. So mm-hmm. yeah, so with that, I'd probably tell myself, get involved, which I try to get involved as much as possible. Talk to as many people as possible, which I think I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was me trying to figure out what my senior year high school self would have told my freshman year high school self. Mm. So I was like, all right, what would my, what would my future self try and tell me? Right. So, yeah, I think overall it's been like get involved, talk to as many people as possible, definitely ask questions. But I think I've definitely tried to do that over the years. So mm-hmm. all of that. You know, a lot of the choices that you have made kind of leads you to where you are. So kind of, telling yourself to go a different route would lead you to someplace you wouldn't know about, you know, and that could be a good or bad thing, depending on how you like your situation now. So. Oh, I would also tell my freshman self to just first week, leave the 2D department and go into the <laughs> <laughs> Yes, That's that would definitely I accelerate the process for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so um, do you have any advice for juniors who are now entering the thesis phase? This could be juniors who are now entering pre-production or juniors who are becoming seniors and starting to work on their thesis? Um, My advice to them would be to reach out to seniors and ask them questions. Because a lot of people, so I tried to reach out and ask some questions, but a lot of times I felt like I was sort of in the dark and then we were asking classmates, but we were all in the dark on some aspects, so filming and whatnot. But after asking upperclassmen on how they film and what did you do in this process, I think it was super helpful because they had to do the whole process. Like they're they're in it, they're in the thick of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, any juniors, I would definitely just say, just ask seniors questions. Um, they don't bite. If there's something you're wanting to know or learn i'm sure they're very helpful <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah totally that's a that's really good advice and you don't really realize the resource that you have mm-hmm. until someone kind of points it out to you you know like you can ask seniors you can ask upperclassmen for for help or assistance and stuff like that so how would you describe your sva experience given its very um twisty turny nature i know a lot of people have their own opinions, but honestly, I don't want to leave SVA. <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, I started not really being involved at, in, at first, but I was really involved with the people in my apartment. So mm-hmm. we had a grand old time. And then sophomore year, I switched apartments. I became an RA. Yeah. 
Um, I started meeting a bunch of new different people and that was also very exciting. And then junior year, I was still an RA, meeting new RAs, meeting new residents, becoming the manager of the radio station on campus. So it was just me learning new artistic skills while also learning how to budget my time pretty well. Yeah. Learning how much sleep I actually needed versus <laughs> how much sleep I actually got. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, junior year, I was definitely, that was definitely a low point. Sleepless <laughs> <laughs> year. Other advice to juniors, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Get some sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah, junior, that, that semester was a little rough. But um, yeah, no, I've I've loved it. I've loved the people I've met. Um, I've loved all of the different opportunities I've had on campus and what they've, I guess, like the different opportunities that they've had for us to do mm-hmm. with like through campus. Um, I know the pandemic has changed a lot of stuff, but I know. But I think although, say, we can't have senior week or we can't do the showings in the theater, and mm-hmm. anything that's in person, I know that the departments are definitely trying to still get students involved and I still go to like the Among Us VASA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's still so fun. So although it's not in person, it's definitely it's it's still good. It's still okay. Um and my very last question for you is uh who is your favorite podcaster? My favorite podcaster is you hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You get a gold star. <laughs> There you go. So awesome. my number two podcaster. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> my number two podcaster is um I don't know. So do you know the comedian Burt Kreischer? I have not heard of him, no. All right. So he has um comedy specials on Netflix and mm-hmm. so does Tom Segura. Okay. And they're super or what it seems like super good friends in real life. Mm-hmm. So they have a podcast called Two Bears One Cave. Okay. So good. It's so funny. And they started doing live podcasts too. So I, I paid like $10 to watch their live podcast because I really, I just like them. Mm-hmm. I like their podcast. And I end up watching my podcasts on YouTube, even though they, they like stream them. Yeah, of course. Because I kind of like their facial expressions. So like you <laughs> don't hear facial expressions, but if there's a pause, like you'll see them. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, their, their live event was pretty fun. Very so. cool. Awesome. I'm definitely going to have to check them out because I love my fair share of comedy podcasts. So very cool. Two Bears, One Cave. Two Bears, One Cave. The, the concept of Two Bears, One Cave is great. I love that name so much. There you go. <laughs> so good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jen, for coming on to the show. It was awesome to talk to you. And uh, I just want to wish you luck on your thesis. Thank you, Javi. I wish you the best of luck in yours as well. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of The In-Between. If you like the show, you can subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm Javier Colon, and I will see you next time.
Um, the reason why I asked that question is because maybe a lot of people don't 